welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me on this beautiful Saturday afternoon from Dallas, Texas, Meredith Mahan. Good afternoon, Meredith. Hey, Bobby. And in Kyle, Texas, the Cheddar Bay City, your one and only jail dude, Mike Frizzell. Good afternoon, Mike. Hola, amigo. Hola. You're brushing up on your Spanish now that you've moved even further south? We. Oui. <laughs> you might need to keep brushing. <laughs> We're going to start with some LRB business, followed by your week in review, some housekeeping, and how to get involved with our show. But we can't begin our week until we ask each of my co-hosts about things going on in their lives this week. Uh, Mike, let's start with House Hunters Texas. The saga continues. Well, house found, house acquired. Um, we moved officially on Friday, um, not the Friday prior to the show coming out, but the previous Friday. And the movers did a pretty good job overall. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, but the heroes of the weekend, the people that pulled us through were in order. My mother-in-law, um, she, she's been here for you know, two, two and a half weeks and, you know, helped keep things as organized as they possibly could. Cause Emily has a lot of stuff. Um, next in line, Meredith. Um, she, she arrived on Saturday and we just, I mean, they helped us get all of our stuff out of our old house into our new house. All the stuff that the movers couldn't take, just loose BS. So hundreds of trips to and from the car. And uh, I'm only putting Duff third because Meredith brought him to the party. So <laughs> I'll take that credit. <laughs> yeah. So she finishes ahead. So if he can Tom Sawyer someone else into helping us with a major life change next time, then, you know, he'll he'll boost up. I'll let him know. Yeah. So we're moved in. Um, like I said, the usual stuff with movers, you know, some bumps on the wall, some scratches, some doors, some paint, whatever. Um, there was also some stuff where they put the boxes on the ground outside. And this is basically a street where that is completely under construction. And so they got all this grit on the bottom of the boxes and then they brought them in and put them on things like the dining room table and the counters and scooted them around. But none of this was anything that we were going to ever complain about because we have other fish to fry, you know, bigger things on our plate. Except um, Sunday night, uh, we had finally acquired a dryer plug, which the, um, the person who, for the moving company, disinstalled the washer and dryer and then reinstalled them in Kyle. This is something that you pay for and something that we could do ourselves, but it's more or less included in the move. So, you know, we let them do it. Uh, Sunday night, we we get the, the new plug for the dryer. It needed a four prong. You know, it's turning into a hot dog story, but um, we needed a four prong instead of a three prong. So we got that squared away, plugged the dryer in, and uh, I started a load of clothes. Oh, no, towels, uh, like the stuff that we'd use to, you know, I, I don't know, to try to protect our furniture when we moved in, you know, all the stuff we were sliding stuff on. So I, I make this load of laundry I, and start it up and I go to like make a snack or make dinner or something. And I'm standing in the kitchen 
and I hear the washer start to drain. It sounds louder than usual. And the reason it sounds louder than usual is the hose is behind the dryer. It never got dropped into the huge hole, which like at least a foot and a half of this thing would have fit into. Um, so we were not given the full deinstallation and reinstallation. They fell one thing short and the, they, they fell the one thing short that could actually flood four rooms of our house. Four rooms. Yeah, parts of four rooms, Ugh. fully, fully two, and then part of the kitchen and the dining room. Um, we had wood floors put in before we moved in, so you know we were able to get a lot of stuff up really quickly. And I got fans going, but then you know Emily, you know, has had flood problems before, so she was on the phone with the insurance company. We got Service Master over here, and uh, they, you know, they had a humidifier a dehumidifier and four industrial fans going in our house for the next three nights. So, you know, that was the end of it. Any fun part of my mother-in-law's visit because everyone had to, just to keep it from 120 decibels to 70, you had to retreat to one of the bedrooms. And this is one of the times when having wood floors in the house is a pretty bad thing because it was like standing next to a jet taking off you know, real discourager. So we are now uh, talking to the moving company about what kind of compensation we're expecting. So we will keep you updated on that. Meredith, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I mean, obviously we'll get onto the pup, uh, pup date. There's a lot there, but any thoughts on that move, the ranchera music or? Oh yeah. The, so the new neighborhood is, is, you know, kind of a, a field of, brand new houses and then a field that will become brand new houses. Right. And then, so the first thing we, we drive up and it's like, Oh, this is a really nice neighborhood. And then we get out of the car and it's just the loudest. <laughs> what is it? Ranchero music Ranchero. that yeah. I've ever heard in my life uh, from across you the street. It circus music, circus music. That's kind of what I, it's kind of, that's kind of a mean thing to say. So, uh, but I hear it a lot in Dallas too, driving down the street. Um, so loud that it was hard to even talk to each other right. coming from the construction site across the street. And this is no, a Saturday. No, that was not across the street. That was across the street and probably six <laughs> to seven houses yes. down. And then, and then we're in the backyard and it was just as loud somehow. <laughs> I think it's a, because it was a Saturday, you know, usually the, the people that are trying to sell these houses ride herd over yeah. the construction people and make sure they're not doing anything, you know, like they're not just cracking Corona's at two o'clock. Uh, but when they have to work on a Saturday, these, these three guys, I loved them because they had that shit cranked louder than any carnival I've ever heard. And <laughs> they framed that fucking house in like five hours. I mean, I don't begrudge them listening to the music they want to listen to. They have a hard job. That's fine. It was just, it was notable. It would have been plenty loud enough at, 50 fewer decibels. Yeah. Enough decibel talk. Yeah. What's up with Eddie? Oh my goodness. Okay. So two, two large events in a, in a young pup's life this, <laughs> this last week or so. Um, his first road trip was to Austin and he loved it. He loves being in the car. Um, I think because he knows he's got us captive and neither of us can walk away from him in the car. Right. But, uh, he was a champ in the car. Um, he took a couple breaks, but they were false alarms. So on the way there, on the way back, he didn't, he just slept the whole time. I think we exhausted him. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were a little concerned 
as I mentioned, he gets a little anxious when one of us walks away from him. So I was like, how is this move going to go when we're walking in and out, in and out, in and out of the house? And he was a little, he was a little testy. You were watching him, Mike, and yeah. he would, he would whine and cry a little bit when, when he would see us and then see us leave. Right. Yeah. I was sitting in the front window of the old house while you guys were going in and out. And he, yeah, he was a little bit, you know, he wasn't inconsolable and you gave me a little thing to give him treats or whatever. So. Yeah. And that usually helps to distract him, but he, he, as the day progressed, I think he got a little bit more comfortable with it, which I think is probably a really good thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you had gone and it was Duff and Emily and I working, I put him in his crate and put him in the garage cause that's where we all were. And he just chilled out in the garage and watched us work. So that was great. Um, the other thing, speaking uh, of testy, I think is the segue you're looking for. <laughs> speaking of testy on Wednesday morning, I dropped him off with a very nice vet who didn't call him fat at <laughs> uh, Katie Trail Animal fat. Hospital in Dallas. And they took out his yam bag oh. or well, I guess his yams, right? Yeah. He took right. the, the bag still there. Uh, poor um, little bag. And he he doesn't care. He doesn't seem to notice. Uh, He's got to have a little cone on for a few more days. They want us to have that cone on for 10 days. That seems a lot. I can imagine the adorable little cone. It's adorable. It's adorable. And I got him an inflatable one, too. I thought that might be more comfortable, but it doesn't do the trick. But it looks like he's going swimming. It looks like he's wearing an inflatable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, watch out later in life uh, if they have to wear cones, because the dog that we had that had to wear a cone a lot of the time uh, he used it to trap doves. Doves would somehow get inside our patio and he would just smash the cone up against, <laughs> catch them and then eat them. Uh, I spent a lot of time, um, washing blood off the inside of those oh. cones. Now, Eddie's a smart little guy. He doesn't really have much success catching animals, but he does love. So I feed the cats, um, canned food and I'd let them clean the cans out for me afterwards. Yeah. So an efficient way of me avoiding doing more dishes. (laughs) And, uh, so, but if Eddie gets a hold of one, um, he and Molly will sometimes fight over it or snatch mm-hmm. it from each other. And he has realized that he can use his cone to his advantage and just drop his head to the floor <laughs> right. and pin right. the can down <laughs> and keep Molly from getting That's it. That's right. So he's figuring it he's out. Figuring he'll get, he'll get out. to dove murder real soon, I'm sure. Right. Oh, the other uh, thing I was going to say is we had bre- breakfast in Austin on Sunday before we left for home at a place called Bolden Creek Cafe. Oh, yeah. That's one of our favorites. It was really good. It was like a vegetarian place. Mm-hmm. And we sat outside on the patio. Austin is so dog friendly. That was great. Um, but we had him. And of course, everybody who walks by wants to pet him. And, and there was one woman sitting near us. And when Eddie turned his face towards her, she just started laughing. <laughs> she just like was laughing at his face. <laughs> and I was like, kind of like, oh, that's... Not very nice, is it? Like he's adorable. But he's a kind of funny looking dog, I guess. He's kind of a puggle looking dog. So yeah. he does have a funny face. He he has mismatched body parts. Yes. That's that's how I would describe it. Uh with all apologies to the pictures of the uh Les Schwab free meat box that I found a couple of days ago. I do believe a picture of Eddie and his cone has to be this week's show picture. Yes. And, and I know a lot of you guys are my Facebook friends. Um, you've probably already seen it, but it's worth, it's worth another glance. And if you ever want to see more puppy pictures, just be my Facebook friends. Cause sure. that's all I post now. That's it. It's pretty great. You posted a picture of a cat the other day to help keep the balance. Yeah. Yeah. The orange cat was feeling left out cause he's usually the star of the show. He was pissed off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's been pissed off since we brought Eddie home. <laughs> uh, we bought a trimmer for the yard. 
<laughs> that's it. That's all I got this week. It's been a really mellow week. And it worked, and you were happy with the trimming. Yeah, we just uh, just gave it a test drive about an hour ago. It's great. It's mm-hmm. battery-powered. It trims. Uh, uh, yeah, it does its job. Uh, I let some Boy Scouts wash the car on our way home earlier. Uh, you guys that leave- sounds like a sexual euphemism to me. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Uh, with that, let's head on to our week in review. And Meredith, why don't you get us started with Monday? Monday, twenty-one twenty. Turn in your badge and your bun. Uh, we've got Luke at Andrew at Andrew's apartment in the palatial studios of Walsh, Walsh, and Dormat. Um, and the first thing Luke does is reveal the secrets of Project Hot Dog. How has he never mentioned this before? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's clearly some sort of top secret Amazon voiceover program. He didn't say the company. I don't know how you would ever know that it's Amazon. It was a wild guess. <laughs> Maybe um, Boeing. I guess it could have been. Those commercials Microsoft. worked. I bought uh, an Amazon Fire TV box because of those commercials. Why hot dog, though? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, Luke reveals he doesn't understand how to put songs on his iPhone from the cloud. Um, I, I'm sure he could figure it out. Luke's not stupid. It's not hard. I think he just doesn't want to take the time You're to do it. You're talking about the guy who lost all of the drops for like a year <laughs> in the cloud. And blamed it on iTunes. I feel Luke's pain on this because, you know, I'm as an older gent. Uh, I mean, I know I can figure it out. I know I'm smart, but you just keep postponing it and hoping that someone will just create a button you can click. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like just I know I'm going to get cancer someday. G- guys, keep working on it. Because I know I'm going to need the cure. Especially if you keep eating Project Hot Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was an, I was an early tester, early adopter. Of- what, what I, so what I think is the top story for today is that Andrew broke a really cool ashtray. Mm. Uh, two out of four really cool ashtrays, yes. actually. And yes. he sent tens of listeners out on a scavenger hunt to find him a replacement. I feel his pain on this because... Uh, Emily has a lot of stuff and a lot of really cool stuff and especially her dishes. They're really cool. And, um, I, I do the dishes. I cook most often and, you know, occasionally I'll break a dish and I'll, I just know how much she paid for it. And I feel so shitty about it. And I try to cover it up, you know, try to, you know, sweep everything up and get it thrown in the trash because I'm like, Oh, I feel terrible. And I know she'll be fine. You know, dishes break, but I feel you know, this when, pain on this. When I was there helping you move, there was a set of dishes that she was like, hey, do you want this? And I was like, nah, we're good. And she just rocketed them right in the trash. Right. Right. She likes hers. And and I So prob- those were yours? <laughs> Probably <laughs> my. No, I don't think I was allowed to bring dishes to the marriage. Before we got married, <laughs> um, I think the last time she visited my apartment in Redmond, she just pointed at like five things. The dressers, the bed, uh, those three uh, Shakespeare paintings or, or mm-hmm. Shakespeare posters and the rest of it, you can just fire straight into the dumpster <laughs> before you come down. <laughs> so the tens, the tens did go to work and we'll talk about more about that probably later in the week. Uh, cause there were some developments. Um, Luke discusses more about his trip to Amarillo. Amarillo. What's your take on this? Uh, well, I would never try to use the local parlance if it if it's like fudgy like um amarillo amarillo i mean it's it's so close but like you talk about um things like there's a town south of austin called manshack but it's spelled man c-h-a-c-a manchaca 
<laughs> and but people say man shack. I think it's okay on, you know, if something is that different, you gotta, you know, just go for it and and do it the way they do it. But I think if you're a northerner and you go around saying Amarilla, it sounds like you're you're faking a Texas twang. You're mocking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as the only non-Texan on the show, tech- oh God, please stop! Don't yeah, ever call me. Neither of us are Texans. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I gotta stop you right there. Uh, I would just say Amarillo, and if anyone laughed at me for that, I would say better that than the other way around. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The assumptions mm-hmm. are different. Right. So Luke did go to the circus room in Amarillo. Um, was not a strip club. It was just a dive bar. Um, and we get an email about that steak challenge, um, including the details that you are on a platform. And there's a live stream of you eating this meal. I think there's a King of the Hill episode that kind of does this. Um, they, they, I think uh, Hank gets up on that platform and tries to eat the steak. So it's I'm a surprised thing. at their tech savviness. Yeah. Well, I, I get the feeling um, tourism is probably a big part of their money idiots hearing about this thing and wanting to come try it or, <laughs> yeah. or eat in that restaurant. So they probably, you know, they own that because they know it's their bread and butter or their well, steak. How, as much, it were. how much does it cost if you don't do it? Like, I wonder how much all the failures have netted them. <clears throat> That's yeah, an excellent it, question. They're throwing in all the sides as well. Right. Uh, I'm on the website. We didn't the do this earlier. Upsells. Uh, there are 11 points here. The meal consists of shrimp cocktail, baked potato salad with rolls, <laughs> oh, butter, no. and of course, the I'm already full. Steak. <laughs> uh, number 11, I'm just going to jump to the final point. Uh, if you fail to complete the challenge, you, you must pay the full $72. Oh, that's nothing. Well, that's not so bad. Yeah, for, for, for an experience, for a story oh, to tell. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you pay $72 to get up there. You know, I get up there, I eat a little baked potato, you know, pop in the, some shrimp and, and eat a roll, and you take my picture. Yeah. yeah. And number nine is relevant here. If you do not win the steak challenge, you are welcome to take the leftovers with you. So oh. you still get the food. I mean, you get a couple of meals out of that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that makes some good leftovers. Yeah, exactly. You could make days worth of steak sandwiches out of that. So Luke didn't do the steak challenge, but he did have a pre-made microwave omelet. That was the best thing he's ever <laughs> eaten somehow. Oh. And we get kind of a digression about how he realizes that he eats super fast Mm. yeah well we've talked about this before because this is the food scarcity of his childhood yeah and and having siblings i think anyone who grew up with a lot of siblings knows that you need to horf down your food as quickly as possible or it's going to get stolen from you on the rare occasion that um my mom went out for groceries when she would come home if there was anything that could store could could go into dry storage for eating my brother and i would compete to pull it out of the bag the fastest and like stuff it under our beds yeah was that good practice for filling your sweatpants with cereal in prison it's it was it (laughs) it was just like a light warm-up uh there's a lot to be said for continental breakfast at these chain hotels i'm not much of one for the microwaved eggs but i know exactly what he's talking about they sort of they come in two varieties there's the round puck it looks like the size of a small uh teacup saucer and then there are these omelets, which is that same egg, but folded in half with the filling just mm-hmm. sort of shoved in the middle of it. I don't yep. know if I've ever seen this. He called it a taco, didn't he? Yeah, because that's about the, it looks yeah. like that when it's folded over. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they can totally turn these things out, you know, frozen into microwave packets. In fact, a coffee shop I worked at in high school 
bought these eggs by the case from their supplier and the breakfast sandwiches there were totally that puck of egg and whatever meat and cheese you wanted thrown in the microwave for 60 seconds. And are they good? Do you like them? They're perfectly edible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, as far I would much rather a puck like that than the um, like the powdered eggs that are watered and scrambled into a tray. Right. Because so this is the it'll do of breakfast yeah. foods. And they're, right. they're they're buttery and salty. And of course, they're great when you're hungry yeah. and drinking crappy coffee from the same buffet. Yeah, totally. All right. Our top story for Monday is the proposed new emojis, <laughs> women in professional roles. Um, they didn't talk about this almost at all. They went on an immediate <laughs> digression about Bob's Burgers. Yep. And what a great show it is. <laughs> I don't know anything of emojis or Bob's Burgers, so I'm out on this. Well, oh. the emoji thing is actually interesting to me. Um, cause if you really look at them, the only women emojis that have jobs are a princess, a bride, and like two dancers. No prostitutes? The, Surprisingly not. The two dancers, I think, are one emoji, which is even more complicated. <laughs> right. Because they're, like, yeah. they're like two Playboy bunny dancers side by side. Yep. Yep. And then so the, 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 the other jobs are a cop, a detective, and a medic, and those are male. Um, and, you know, it, it may not seem important, but little girls are the biggest emoji users. Um, I was reading an article on payscale.com that, that made some really good points about this. And um, for little girls, seeing women succeeding in professional life is important for their future success. And it's just, it's, it's just one more little thing um, in a kind of a stew of, of little girls messaging about women. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's an important thing. I think it's a really good idea. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think it was just a proposal by somebody at Google. Um, so I guess we'll see, but I think it's a good idea. I don't understand why when we can get six different skin tones as alternate options for each person emoji, why they can't also have gender options right. for each of the career. There are a thousand, there are a thousand varieties of prayer hands. Right. right. <laughs> uh, and then was, did they mention the nail care emoji? I don't know that that's supposed to be a thing, but I think it's supposed to be a thing. Like it, it pisses yeah. people off. The nail painting one? Yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what the controversy is over that. Yeah. What does it mean? I, I don't know. I don't know what it means. We gotta get Maggie on the show. To the kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh to me it just looks like a lady painting her nails and it comes in different skin tones, but that's all I know. Does that that's mean all. that they're bored with whatever you're saying? Or <laughs> <laughs> that's just when they post a little is there a hot dog emoji? Can they just <laughs> Right. Oh like uh there is a Z's one, I know that. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth noting Bob's Burgers is a great show, Mike. Uh, I don't I'm, watch a lot no, of TV, I'm, I'm but sure I do watch it is. Bob's I just Burgers. don't, I, you know. Yeah. Like like you, Bobby, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't gotten to. Correct. <laughs> including Cabot Cove. You'll get there someday. Sam brought home a paperback of one of the, um, it's not a novelization of the show because I think it's not one of the plots of an episode, but there are tons of, uh, of, uh, inspired paperbacks based on the stories of Kebiko, the stories of murder she wrote and Jesus. Sam bought one of them. She said there were like five more at the thrift store. So I think were. I know what her beach reading is going to be this summer. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> do, All right. do, do rocking chairs work on the beach? <laughs> I, do, I wouldn't want to knit on the beach because I feel like you'd get sand in your project, but right. right. It's a little warm. Once, it, once you've knitted a lot. <laughs> Got to get it out of your lap. Knit yourself a new bathing suit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on to emails. 
we get one from Laurel about nasty words, and then uh, the boys talk about whether nasty should be on that list. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. I feel like nasty is funnier than gross. There are a lot of words that shouldn't be around anymore, including facial. That yep. should be yep. done. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, except in its its context, it's it's new context. Well, that's right. Exactly. Uh, any old definitions of the word are gone because yeah. Yeah, they've all been, been they've all been trumped by what we know. All right, like steamer. Right. That's yep. got to go. Well, Laurel thinks that sputum is a gross word. <laughs> it kind of is. Which it kind of is. It's a, there's a lot of gross But it's words. really descriptive, though, because you can't hear that even for the first time and not think, uh, that's, yeah, that's what it is. Well, I think that's what medical uh, talk is really good at. Mm-hmm. Medical language is great at doing at, at describing something really specifically and really vaguely at the same time. <laughs> and I was making a medical your stomach turn. Right, I was a medical process. transcriptionist in college, um, and so I, I learned a lot of these disgusting words. And some of the ones that I think are really gross are effluvium, yep. um, smear. I just can't handle <laughs> that word. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and you hear that all the time in medicine. Leucorrhea is a nasty one. I don't want to talk about what that is. And then ointment is another word that's always bothered me. I ointment. think that's a pretty I, common I one. was amazed that ointment didn't make the short list from the article yes. because I feel like ointment and, and moist kind of go hand in hand with words that I don't want to hear people ointment say. Ointment is moist. Yes, so. it is. Yeah, that's that, probably part of why it's gross. That's right. the most offensive sentence of all time to certain classes of people. Well, and if <sighs> Christy was on the show, I'd work the P word in. Don't do it. No, I'm not going to. Um, we get another email on vacuum talk and the boys reveal that this has been their most um, popular listener feedback topic, which says a lot <laughs> about the topics. Covered in TCL. Um, it, an email from Megan, who's day drinking in first class on an airplane, which sounds great. Um, she has four Dyson babies. I think if you're a TBTL listener, you're probably a putterer and putterers are pretty passionate about, about vacuums. I mean, if I wasn't a sweeper, which is what I am because of the stupid wood floors, uh, I would probably have had a lot of feedback on this. I mean, I would have really, you know, been passionate about vacuums, but, you know. Well, I, you know, I, I'm jealous of her. I'm not throwing shade on her vacuums. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm jealous of the Dysons and I kind of want one of these cordless ones because I have a, I have a shark vacuum yeah. um, and I like it a lot and it's like half the price of a Dyson. Um but it's kind of a thing to drag out if I have a, just a small task. So a cordless one would be really nice. So I'm kind of looking at getting that Dyson. But the price is tough to swallow. Also, I have a Roomba, which are too expensive. So mm-hmm. I feel like my vacuum budget is kind of stretched right now. Are we allowed but, to say tough to swallow or is that whole phrase out the window now? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have the same It's not just to bad me. yet. Just but but you, you saying it is not We can get it, it there. Yeah. Right. Let's just push that one down the road a little bit. Andrew threatens to show Luke his vacuum later because <laughs> um, they are at his house. Um, oh, and then mm. I, I did have something to say about that. Uh, talking about showing Luke the vacuum later. The first time I saw an uncircumcised penis, I thought it looked like a Hoover. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Looked like a Hoover. <laughs> There was just that, you know, it was too bulky at the end. Like what, what's, you know, like, it's, it's, like an upright. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looked odd. It just looked like that's not a penis. What is that? <laughs> All right. It's only Monday. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, um, b- b- we have to cover the cat destroying furniture talk. <laughs> because Andrew has covered his couch right. with a sheet and the cats, that didn't fool anybody, including the cats. And they <laughs> right. figured out how to get underneath it and just keep on scratching. Oh, God. Uh, um, so I miss I heard that differently because we have a similar situation here. We have a an IKEA love seat uh, with the slip cover as you want to have with an IKEA love seat, and if you take the slip cover off, it looks like murder underneath, and that's really? because the slip cover is kind of a heavy canvas type material. Yeah, and I'm so, looking at one right now. We have the same chair. We have two of them. Yeah, right. So uh, the claw mark, you know, the claws go through that with relative ease. Really. But the inside, the foam is just ripped to oh, shreds. No. The the slipcover really hides all sin uh, when it comes to that IKEA love seat, and it's great for the sake of that. Um, but but, uh, the, the, but the sin exists because right the damage you know that's not stopping any damage at all. Yeah. So I thought it was a slipcover even because you don't see the problems until you take it off. But that's not something you take off when guests come over, is it? Like underneath, it's just the structure. Uh, that, of the couch. That's a good point. Because he was saying he took it off for Luke. My only thought was he had an existing couch with upholstery, but mm. then bought a slip cover to go over. They make loose fitting slip covers. We bought one for yeah. another couch we had that was ugly, terrible. And we finally just right. upgraded the couch. We just throw like cloths over all the furniture and pretend we're artists. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was just because you were moving, but that's right. just how it always. No, looks. that's how it always is. Cool. Well, we have four cats and uh, I don't like to declaw them. So what our tactic has been is just to avoid um, giving them the opportunity. So what we do, and this might be an extreme measure, but we don't, we just don't buy anything that they can destroy. So um, we have two couches and they're made of ultra suede, which is a material that doesn't really have threads. So they can't hook into it and pull anything out. So there's no, there's no scratching of that. And then they also don't really care about finished wood or leather. So that takes care of that, and they, they we haven't had to replace anything. So just picturing the cats all sliding off your furniture because it's all they don't <laughs> like the leather. We have one leather chair, and they hate it. Kitten which is mittens. Great. Yes. <laughs> you need how many? Sixteen. Yep. Yep. Then you got to be able to bulk order at that point, <laughs> right? Right. You got to get a better price when you're getting sixteen kitten mittens. <laughs> Uh, Monday, I just want to note, ended with an Easter egg, a good chunk of the Key and Peel Continental Breakfast sketch. Yeah. Might be oh, one yeah. of my favorite Key and Peel sketches. It's so creepy. <laughs> I don't know why I just get so creeped out watching it, but that's the kind of comedy I like when it I'm really me, uncomfortable. It makes me so happy. Uh, they used uh, Andrew used a good amount of it. It was a nice fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, I'll take us to Tuesday, episode 2121. What we talk about when we talk about meetings. Uh, this episode opened with the I Like Turtles drop. And Meredith, you and I had the same thought when we heard it, which is, I don't think the kid's actually autistic. I think he's just a dumb kid. You can't <laughs> diagnose autism from a yeah. two-second audio clip. Yeah. <laughs> if you put eight-year-old Bobby on camera... <laughs> put a microphone in my face for the local news. I Farts. most definitely would. Yeah, exactly. I would have yeah. said something stupid. <laughs> the episode conversation started with the guys having just come off their weekly phone meeting with uh, Steve Nelson. And apparently they asked for something special for the live show in St. Paul and got a warm response to what they wanted, warmer than they were expecting. 
uh, but we have no idea what they asked for. And they sort of dangle it out there that it's going to be something great. I don't know if this is a sales tactic for getting people to go to the live show or if they just can't keep their mouths shut. If uh, if there are any SETV fans out there, I think they asked for a crane shot. What? <laughs> yeah, we're just... <laughs> I'm just saying that that's the biggest ask is for a crane shot to to end the to end the show. It's expensive. I guess we'll have to own there's only one way to find out. But I mean, what are they actually talking about like having they mentioned channel opened or what's They mentioned something know. about two stages and so I wonder if they're trying to get a musical guest, which wouldn't surprise me because they often have a musical guest. But why would they have to ask permission Mo- for that? Money. I wonder if they're paying I mean, someone. Like like now we're talking about a gig, not just you know, friends of the show playing. Right. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they already asked for a lot asking if they could do their live show in a, in a, uh, hall in St. Paul instead of in a music venue or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, apparently janky, in, a, in, an, in an expensive one at that. That won't accept anything but paper checks. <laughs> and hand delivered apparently. Right. Uh, I guess more on that to come. Uh, uh, I'll be at the live show. Christy will be at the live show. Jeremy will be at the live show. Anne's going to be the live show. Guys, can we get you to come? I know, Mike, it's like you've got some things going on right now. No, it's, there's no way it's going to happen for us. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Ooh. Depends on the puppy. I like maybe. Uh, on to the rest of the concept from Tuesday. Um, Luke's looking to sell his boat. <laughs> uh, that is not working thanks to Muskrat Sabotage. <laughs> uh, but he has a murder of Jerry's on the case. Yeah, the the boat thing, he's been looking to sell his boat, one of the boats, I think, for a while now. And it's not hard to sell a boat, uh, but is it is there just some price that he's trying to stick to? Well, he's going to wait for the next Luke Burbank to walk by and be willing to buy it. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a boat in that condition and probably trying to get some of his money back out of it. Mm-hmm. So at some point you just gotta, I mean, (laughs) after this process of moving at some point, you just, just have to cut your losses with whatever it is. And Hey, hey, can someone pick up this fucking boat? (laughs) Right. But we all saw this coming, right? Oh, of course. (laughs) It would be out on my curb for bulk pickup. (laughs) (laughs) If it could make it that far. Uh, Let's go to this American flight. The guys talk about, the TV screens built into the seats on some airline. I don't remember which one. It might have been American having privacy screens on them so that the next people can't see what you're watching, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I've had the thought that what you really need on a flight is that for your laptop, because I have definitely watched people around me watch what <laughs> essentially look like softcore pornography on an airplane. And it's not even gratuitous that it bothers me in that way it's more that it's just distracting like i'm trying mm-hmm. to get some work done and i look up and there's just there's outlander on the other screen. <laughs> hello there's What's the, under pizza, that kilt? the pizza delivery guy <laughs> no, she doesn't have any money <laughs> i kind of she gonna pay for that pizza i, I kind of want to be able to see the screens of the other people on the flight because um Whenever I try to open any kind of laptop on the plane, the person in front of me reclines and immediately folds my laptop down. So I need <laughs> something to look at. It's the triangle of doom. We've got a great picture of Jeremy somewhere editing the show <laughs> on a flight like that. All right. Uh, 
Luke uh, got happy birthday messages on the latest episode of Livewire, the podcast. I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it yet, but it sounded adorable. Apparently, Andrew recorded one of them. It's always nice when people from the TBTL universe get to reach tens of new listeners through Livewire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andrew jokes, or maybe half jokes, that he should reach out to Lindy West about doing a Columbo podcast. I, uh, I'd listen to that, I think. I've, mm-hmm. that's I think, a lot of commitment for Andrew because he would probably actually really try to produce that show too and TBTL would get even worse I was gonna say, that's a got, roast by the way that was a roast he's already got one show he has to produce <laughs> kidding <laughs> I wasn't uh, Luke worked a charity auction the previous weekend and one of the prizes for the live auction was a trip to Chicago and without clearing it with anyone or consulting anyone he just told them that if they the audience that whoever won he'd hook them up with wait wait don't tell me tickets that's luke yep i'm sure he'll make good on it this week in entitled etiquette uh the top story from tuesday uh sasha frere jones ran up a five thousand dollar bill at a strip club which he tried to expense to the la times uh among other shenanigans for him being generally terrible at his job at the la times (laughs) a job that we didn't realize that he had no, I, right. I I lost track of him, but I think that a uh, five thousand dollar strip club, uh, a a straight man strip club, a uh, ladies joint, right? Um, that's got to be unprecedented for anyone named Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking five thousand dollars. I'm married to a banker, and they have to wine and dine customers oh, yeah. all the time. They don't do it at strip clubs. Um, usually they do though sometimes, and those bills are way more yeah. than $5,000, but I guess print media isn't banking. Right. That's just, that's just lap dances and bottle service, right? I mean, how mm-hmm. else do you get up to five grand? I say that as someone who's never been to a strip club. So, uh, I'm glad I've never been because I don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they played back some of the, uh, allegedly disastrous, uh, interview, that he did on TBTL, but it was a needle drop. So they didn't have the worst parts queued up again with the producing. Well, you know, after these messages was great this week. I don't know what you're talking it about. Really was. Yeah, it, it was, was. tight. <laughs> yeah. We get an ashtray update, but I I've lost track of which ashtray updates were when. So I think we should just do all the <laughs> ashtray talk right. now. Basically listeners left and right have been um, pulling out similar options that they're finding online. Everybody's Googling the same things and posting their results. And Andrew found something that looked very similar. And he actually reached out to uh, an ashtray collector who had a very similar piece, but it wasn't for sale. If I had any money at all, I would go all in on ashtrays because uh, most public places, you can't smoke indoors anymore. Most people won't let you smoke in their house. Uh, we wouldn't let any, anybody smoke in our house. So ashtrays are probably not being produced anymore. This is an item that's eventually going to be very valuable, like Antiques Roadshow in like 2096. And a, a complete set of these little ashtrays will probably bring whatever the equivalent of $2 million is. <laughs> it's like a rotary phone where a child's going to be like, Daddy, what is that for? Yeah. 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 Uh, still will be hosted by the other Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No matter how big it gets. (laughs) We have actually a side note here that we're going to put on at the end of the show. Uh, In addition to reaching out and everybody else reaching out, um, Jeremy, our producer, also reached out to this ashtray collector before he realized that Andrew had done the same thing. 
heard back from the ashtray correct collector uh, and ended up interviewing him for Nerd Out Loud. That was some quick reporting. Yeah, it was. Phyllis, sign this kid up. Exactly. So uh, at the end of this episode, after the closing credits, uh, Jeremy told me that he would cut a few minutes of his interview with this ashtray collector. And they talk about the ashtrays that Andrew's hunting for. And I believe there are some dazzling details about how much money Andrew may have offered them for the ashtrays and whether or not that was an effective offer. So Mm -hmm. This is a teaser, not only because I want you to listen through, but because I haven't heard it yet. So I don't know the details. Ashtrays are like real estate, guys. They're not making any more of them. That's right. I have one I got for a dollar coming back from Vancouver when I was in Seattle. I should send it to Andrew. Hang on to that thing. Come on. That's your retirement. (laughs) Uh, We end with an email. uh, A listener with a group of friends who worked together. Uh, to put someone up for the big Texan 72 on steak challenge and his demise was ordering it well done. <laughs> we speculated on this in our chat, did we not? Yes, mm-hmm. yes we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we thought it would make it less steak somehow. Well, yeah, I think that was the thought on the order too, which is that it would get the water weight out of it, but it was more than made up for in the amount of water the contestant had to drink to keep up with the dry steak. Right, right. And that's why they <laughs> right. soak the buns when they in the hot dog eating contest. Um, yeah, the, the, if the meat is like medium rare, there's a lot of moisture content and you can get it down faster. Right. (laughs) Um, Mike, why don't you take us to Wednesday? All right. Uh, they open with the coffee song, which I hate (laughs) and will not listen to. It made me want some coffee. I think I had some right after that. It is effective. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, it's so (laughs) earnest, but I hate the guy. So I just, I don't know. Um, they quickly get into, I mean, they're off the rails immediately. Uh, Luke says that he looks like Larry Burns, which is uh, Mr. Burns' brother, was played by and uh, sort of modeled in The Simpsons uh, after Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, Bobby, you're a big Simpsons guy. You, do you remember those episodes and what did you think about it at the time? Oh, I do. Um, I mean, at the time when those originally came out, I was relatively young and I just thought it was funny. But you can definitely tell it is just uh, an outlet for Rodney Dangerfield to to do Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, the character is just an embodiment of his shtick yeah. through and through. It's just an excuse for him to be him. Um, and they did it to the level of success that you would expect for Rodney Dangerfield. It was well executed. Right. Yeah, I enjoyed him in Ladybugs. <laughs> yeah, best supporting actor. No, he was lead in that. Yeah, um, that's where the does the the boy plays on the girls' soccer team. Yep, and you know nowadays, just that would be acceptable because that the, but that was a huge her. joke. Right, that was a huge joke. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> that's so awkward. That's so terrible. Um, <laughs> The, the most interesting thing I thought about this uh, Larry Burns and Rodney Dangerfield talk was Andrew called Rodney Dangerfield out for being like um, fattest. Yeah. And then he even pointed out his own hypocrisy when he said that he really enjoyed Weird Al's fat. Um, the thing about Rodney Dangerfield telling those fat and old jokes is he was fat and old. Mm-hmm. Right. So. <clears throat> You know, he was allowed I, to I, use those words because they embodied him. Right. He wasn't he wasn't making fun of anyone who wasn't already him. So 
I think there's um there's still a line that can be drawn between offensive and sticky funny. And I, I don't think Roddy Dangerfield particularly crosses that line. Um, no. Because I think you can tell that the joke is on him more than anyone. Oh, well, one of his biggest things was I'm so ugly. You right. Know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. this this guy isn't like he's not uh, punching down. So. Right. Um, th- another thing about that discussion was he said that uh, Rodney Dangerfield's love interest in Back to School, Sally Kellerman, was age appropriate. And this is a question mainly for Meredith, but you can chime in too, Bobby. Um, she was 49 and he was 65 when that movie was shot. Is that age appropriate? And this, this subject always interests me because I'm such a pervert. So I need to know <laughs> parameters. Um, That's moderate. I think it could be a lot worse. You see a lot of 65 year olds with 21 year olds in movies. So well, in mo- I'm, so I'm talking about in real life. Like, cause he's well, saying this way, is a, I, an age appropriate romance, you know? Well, women mature faster than men. So maybe they're on the same plane at that okay. point. My general argument for age appropriateness is that the older you get, the wider the window grows in either direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more conventional to see a younger woman with an older man anyway. So, you know, 16 years doesn't matter so much at that age. I don't think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like when you're in high school and two years can make all the difference. Right. Yeah. All right. So Andrew had a fat shaming teacher who read a fat joke book in front of the class at Andrew. That is horrifying. I can't believe I've never heard this story before because we've had Andrew on for like shame stories on takedown. And this, this would be, be my (laughs) go-to. I have a feeling that Andrew has a treasure trove of these stories. Right. I, a sad, terrible year or so. <clears throat> yeah. Right. This is the Anwar of depressing stories. There's a whole reserve under there we haven't even gotten to yet. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and Luke, again, wants to know about everyone's financial situation. Immediately, he wants to know your job. <laughs> he wants to know how much you're worth. And <laughs> In relation to him, are you doing better than him? Right. Right. And he wants to know how you're monetizing. If you have some talent, how are you monetizing it? Uh, Interesting to know. Andrew prods him about this being like, don't you remember every time you've ever interviewed a comedian ever? (laughs) Right. Right. How much does this pay? How much does that pay? Yeah. Um, And then later on the week, he would he would forget. To, that he talked about this, and I will point that out later. Uh, top story: euthanized bison. Uh, the some park visitors in Yellowstone was it? Yes, mm-hmm. they thought that the bison was cold, which I don't think there's ever been a cold bison because it, they're a bison. It looked cold. Well, it looked cold. Yes, and a bison's supposed to have like the steam coming out of its nose because a bison lives in cold places. You right. dummy. So yeah. um, they grabbed up this bison this tourist did and they took it in their car and then it wouldn't get taken back by its mother so they euthanized the bison and i think there was some question of like did did we have to go that far did you know couldn't we just try to uh, i guess you go milk a bison or something and then bring the milk i don't know i wouldn't milk a bison you can milk anything with nipples (laughs) you can (laughs) if you're willing to do the work (laughs) So, uh, but I think, I actually think they euthanized the bison as a lesson, as a shaming. Um, not quite on the level of, uh, what was the, who was the dentist that killed the 
lion. Mm. You know, they they just want to make sure this shit doesn't happen again. Right. So I think it might have been a shaming thing. What do you guys think? Well, they're not in the business of taking care of one specific animal that can't be re-released into right. the wild. These are park rangers. These, right. these weren't like environmentalists or zookeepers that went out there. And it, I think it's sad. I wish it could have gone somewhere else to be taken care of. Eyes and sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meredith, I figured you'd have that taken you probably wish you had a bison sanctuary in your backyard i would take it my backyard's pretty big i'll take it it's hot here but it'll, it won't be cold anymore right. yeah. if he's too hot just put him in the back of the suv and get the air conditioning going yep. bison's a nice lean meat i wonder i mean i've had a bison burger before. yeah, oh, yeah. so really what they're saying is the park rangers were looking to have a cookout <laughs> they were hungry oh you had to go there I got the impression from this discussion that Luke only wanted to save that bison because it was cute. And this is a problem I have with some animal people is that they don't care about ugly animals. They only care about cute fluffy Yeah, there's ones. no save the snakes movement. Nope. <laughs> you know, when we adopted Cupcake, um, she was half price because she had been there for a while. And she was six Aww. years old when we got her. And between her age and like, she's a beautiful cat. Uh, but she's not like a super adorable kitten. She was just passed over constantly. And uh, it, I don't think that we deserve any praise for taking the old ugly cat because I don't think she was particularly <laughs> old or particularly ugly. We picked her because she warmed up to Sam and Sam sat down and Cupcake jumped right in her lap and stayed there. But um, it's a Pygmalion story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean. You can't just take the adorable ones and eat the rest. Although, again, <laughs> bison burgers. They are delicious. Yeah, but the, these tourists wouldn't have taken a snake in the back of their cards. Because it was oh, cold. And the snake would have definitely been cold. The scorpion's um, in trouble. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have taken the bison in the back of my car, but I also drive a Toyota Yaris. So I don't think you could have gotten a bison in the back of my car. Yeah, you don't want to have to shove a bison into your car. Yeah. And then slam the door on it. <laughs> All right, so there was an email for scooter advice from Andrew, who who really had no useful advice because he doesn't know how a scooter works. Um, <laughs> Luke talked about uh, driving a uh, was it like a seventy five cc for a little while and having some scary experiences and just not being a, a scooter guy. So he was being a little cautious about it. Uh, I was a scooter owner for a very brief time. I think I've mentioned here before that I had a um, brief career with uh, IRS taxpayer service and was laid off after tax season. So I started to, this was all before I just decided to go to grad school. I decided to, because I was officially a government worker to train for this, there was a new social security administration office opening in the Seattle area. And I would just train to do, you know, service there too, you know, answer the phone and, tell the old folks what they need to know. Yeah. Um, but I was running out of money, so I had to sell my car. I sold my car for like $1,300, $1,350 or something and needed a little money to live on. And so I spent like 600 or 700 on uh, Elite 150, which I needed to, and geography is at work here as it will be later in the week, needed to commute from Kirkland, Washington to Auburn, Washington for four weeks of training. And the only way really to do this at all was on the freeway. So I drove my scooter on the freeway for 
it ended up being two and a half weeks because I got into grad school and took off. Um, I'd always planned to go anyway, but I just wanted to get paid for the training confession. Uh, so I drove the thing with those little tires on the freeway back and forth for two and a half weeks. And I wore a helmet, but there's no way I would have survived if I'd run over a screw or a nail or something. Uh, so How fast can you get going in one of those? On the 150, I could get going over 60 miles an hour. Wow. I would be okay. going about 65. Maxed out, but <laughs> it works. shaking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, what What was I supposed to do? Got to get some money. Got to uh, get my pills. Uh, I, I have a question that, that strikes close to home for me. Uh, you have gone up and down in weight through the years a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, successfully down. And deserve Correct. a lot of credit for that. Where were you uh, when you were scooting about on the uh, highway? <laughs> I, I'm six foot two. And at the time I was probably 185 to 190. All right. So that's nice and lean. Because if you were yeah. trying to do that, you know, a bill larger at that point in oh. your life. And I was getting my head down like a Power Ranger. You know what I mean? I was. <laughs> well, aerodynamic. Yeah. You're yeah, working yeah. on gas mileage fellow, at that point. But I'm going to lean over if it's good for mileage, you know, if you can get a little more. <laughs> I'm more cheap than I am proud. Uh, I've never driven a scooter. When I was a kid, dirt bikes once in a while, but um doesn't really interest me. Uh, back of the motorcycle a couple of times as a kid too, but uh, maybe a scooter just to tool around the neighborhood would be fun someday. But yeah. unless I can get a little trailer to lug my audio equipment for trivia, it's not going to do it. So Yeah, because any basket you put on there as a guy, bad yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> The little bell. We rode motorbikes as kids. <laughs> motorbikes are fun, but I think motorcycles are dangerous and Duff kind of wants one. Um, but I've, I probably have said the same thing to him that Genevieve has said to Andrew, like, I'd rather you stay alive. Uh, please just don't. <laughs> right, right. There's actually a very good King of Queens episode about uh, the, the guy getting a motorcycle, which I will send to you, Meredith. Well, Duff thinks that if I ever am like, hey, why don't you go get a motorcycle? He knows it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's take up uh, rock climbing together. Right. <laughs> <And> the, yeah. <laughs> uh, Skydiving. Right. Uh, and with that, uh, unless you want to mention the quick PSA, which is to stop bothering Andrew through Facebook chat. Yeah. Come on, folks. If he doesn't. Oh, forget it. Well, it's just <laughs> right. No, nobody listening is going to understand. Everybody either already knows this or is tuned out from it, but um, right. use the email. That's what it's for. Yeah. Andrew yeah. responds to email. Yeah. He's actually don't, pretty, pretty don't good about make it. his phone ping. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Honestly, I think he, I think he's just turned it off because mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, to Thursday, 21, 23, good cop, bad drop. Boy, this show is just a real, just a real meandering shit show. I mean, it's a fun one, but uh, these guys are just um, all small talk. Uh, Andrew is going to be filling in on Cairo tonight. That's Thursday night and Friday night. Um, so there's some talk about that. He had a pairing with someone he'd never met before the one time before. Mm -hmm. And so they got to spend the whole night playing, get to know you with one another. Uh, we'll talk on Friday's show more about how they filled the time this time around. Uh, there's footage. Video footage, thanks to Lin Pham and others, of Luke deciding on a whim to do a leap, a jump up back onto the stage at this week's live wire taping from the floor where the audience is. Um, I watched. There's no way he hadn't practiced that, right? 
he he didn't do that cold. <clears throat> well, uh, he nailed it. Right, he did. He and, totally did. And didn't die. And uh, it, it looked like a decent sized vertical. And he didn't, he got a little bit of a running start, but it was very awkward. But I imagine like during rehearsals and walkthroughs <laughs> and stuff like that, he's done that before. I sure hope so. Because uh, I mean, it's a chance I wouldn't want to take. If he didn't mm-hmm. practice it and then he did it on the first try, he's going to try dumber things. Yeah. It'll, em- it'll embolden him. The yam bag on that if, if he had not tried it before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, Livewire, by the way, a show he is not quitting. Apparently, a listener to oh, both TBTL and Where did that come from? misheard that he was quitting Livewire and so went to see him in his swan song. <laughs> Very committed to Livewire. I, w- I Whatever can assure gets you. Yeah. Butts and also, apparently, in in the mess of things here, Luke texted Sir Mix-a-Lot, a number that we know he enjoys having in his phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reminding us that he yes. has And he calls him Mix. Yes, Mix. <laughs> uh, due to recent controversy about Blake Lively apparently saying something about her Oakland booty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we don't get any resolution. Apparently all Mix wrote back to Luke was that he's already been doing interviews on it for a couple right. of days. <laughs> right. Because I, I don't think, who gives a crap? I mean, you're just quoting a song. It's fun. Right. Well, I mean. Staying You're out talking of talking about a body type, it's fine. Staying out of the controversy part, the part that amuses me is that Sir Mix a lot responds by saying, Where have you been? <laughs> I'm <laughs> already all over this. <laughs> uh, she doesn't have an Oakland booty though. That's that's my problem uh, with it. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I I couldn't pick her out of a Oakland booty lineup. So. Yeah, me neither. Although if anyone wants to assemble that lineup to check. Little Red Bandwagon at gmail.com or Facebook chat for that. Lineup was a great, uh, great band, Bluegrass (laughs) in the 70s. Uh, Speaking of Livewire awkwardness, uh, Luke had an awkward backstage interaction with who he later realized was James McCarthy, (laughs) the McCarthy son. McCartney. McCartney, excuse me. Right. McCartney. Right. Uh, James McCarthy was the no-name act he thought it was. <laughs> right. Um, it Same me, amount of people would have come to either show. It took me about 10 seconds to look up on the Mississippi Studios website what the act was that night. Maybe he should have just Googled it. I mean, But he was, that man was being really yes, rude. Yes, he was. Um, has, has anybody put the picture of the guy on the Stens page? Because I think Ann put it in our chat. I, I put it in our chat because I you posted the chat? link to the Mississippi Studios page. Yeah. About yeah, it. I mean, dude really looks like Paul McCartney. Yeah. Like a lot. With it. <laughs> his face is weirdly shaped. Like he has an egg shaped oh, head. Yeah. But right. other than that, he's very recognizable. Right. It's like a funhouse mirror, Paul McCartney, but it's right. Paul McCartney <laughs> for sure. Oh, yes. Funhouse is a good transition because the rest of this episode is spent Andrew describing his weird ass day exploring the uh uh what is it the down market fun and games of everett washington <laughs> but not really everett washington <laughs> right edmonds and everett i mean this is a complicated relationship um they get confused for each other they're nothing alike edmonds uh most people in edmonds feel that they're better than people from everett most people from everett feel that people from edmonds are pussies um so that's that's the dynamic there are lovely people from both places Sure. Christy Wise. <laughs> Christy Wise. I don't know anyone from Edmonds, but I imagine they're nice. I've, I've used their ferry dock many times. 
Um, but calling it a down market fund center really is a boost for my the the first town I lived in when I got out of prison, Tuckwilla is the only place I could afford an apartment. That's what they were calling the, I guess, the upmarket uh, family fun center down there, the Bullwinkle Fun Center <laughs> in uh, in Tukwila. So, you know, huge boost to them. I'm going to send them a link with a timestamp and let them know that, that they've been favorably. Said that to the Tukwila Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Their this meetings get interrupted by sounds of planes landing regularly. Tukwila is right next to SeaTac, right? Sure. Car crashes on all the interstates yeah. rolling through and. Plane crashes. No, our, our our own Jeremy posted pictures of this place on the Stens page, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, he's and it really does look like an abandoned <laughs> amusement There's, park. The Scooby Doo crew is coming in anytime. <laughs> Those aren't stock photos. He was actually there for some sort of children's event just a few weeks ago, hopefully mm. with Ellie. And he took those pictures while he was there. It looks like a breeding ground for Zika. <laughs> right. So much standing water. Yeah, there's a lot of rust and mosquitoes. Um where does free meat from a tire place land on the health scale? <laughs> free beef. <laughs> Come on, get it right. <laughs> free beef, right. 0. 0.0. Uh, the, this is not Le Schwab, but Les Le Schwab. Le Schwab. <laughs> Le Schwab is a Northwest institution. I think it originally came out of Oregon, but I'll forgive it. Les Schwab is a, you know, a portly gray-haired man who's probably long past, but... He offers, I think it's at least twice a year, uh, a couple weeks or a month where it's free beef. And that means- Now, what does in, he mean by beef? Well, you, you come in, you buy a set of tires, and you get your you get either a, a frozen or, I forget the, what they call the other one, but it's just, you know, a box of like jerky and sausage and, and all that stuff. I, mean, I forget whether it was all Oberto, which is now Oberto's. But you get the frozen stuff. Um, I ended up getting the non-frozen because I didn't think I had enough room in my freezer for all this beef. Uh, and the only reason that I, I stumbled upon the free beef, I knew it existed, but, you know, kind of when you need tires, you need tires. Yeah. It's it's not the kind of thing it was like, well, I'm holding out. <laughs> I'm going to keep rolling <laughs> on these bald tires until free beef comes around. So I think I just lucked into free beef one day. <laughs> down in Redmond and it was helpful, you know, when you're an ex con on a budget, you know, baller on a budget, you, you got to take your free beef. Take it when you can get it. Absolutely. And just in general, uh, Facebook exploded with people yelling Edmonds, not Everett at their phone. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I've been to Everett to visit Christy and Jeremy. I've never really been to Edmonds. Uh, but I will say uh, the thought of taking a little time off like Andrew didn't hit in the batting cage just actually does sound like a lot of fun. It's been years since I've been in a batting cage. But his his situation was pretty terrible, right? I mean, you got yeah. you got like these two guys who got to escort you back and forth and they, you know, you, have, you haven't hit for a while. So no matter how good you think you are, you're not that good anymore. So that's an embarrassing situation. I feel for him and, and I you just got to go on a busy day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I was in high school, my high school girlfriend and I used to go to the driving range as a date just to kill time. And because mm -hmm. we lived in the suburbs and there wasn't that much to do, but we get a couple of buckets of balls. And I learned pretty early on that if you were going in and needed to use one of their clubs, they were going to be watching you like a hawk <laughs> because right. they just expected nothing but trouble from us. Right. <laughs> you're going to break it. it. You're like going to throw it. 
or just not know yeah. what the hell you're doing because right. anyone who knows what they're doing at a driving range shows up with their own clubs. Right. And and how how did they know how tall you are? They hand you a driver that you have to lean over to hit. You know? Right. <laughs> I feel like going there with somebody else would be a key to, to lessening the embarrassment right. of just being the weird single guy there. Yeah. <laughs> Just a weird middle-aged guy at a generally kid-oriented place. With no kids, yeah. yeah. Uh, your email for Thursday, uh, some tens in Japan. Uh, it was earlier in the week, or was it last week? They talked about the popsicles and the commercial because they had to go up just a few cents in price. Um, mm -hmm. We got feedback from a couple of tens on that. I believe JoJo also went and tried the popsicles, and his is written up somewhere. So if I can find the link for that, we'll share it. Did either one of you see the um, commercial? No. Where the uh, executives the are? Sorry. One? Yeah. Did you mm -mm. see it? No. It's 60 seconds of the, I think it starts on the president or owner's face and then it backs up and then you see more suits, more suits, all the executives and then pulls back and you see guys, you know, from the factory floor and, and all that stuff. And uh, the whole time I'm thinking, well, if two of these guys in suits just, off themselves right there on camera, then they wouldn't have to raise the prices. <laughs> if you're that sorry, let's see it, buddy. That's a literal falling on the sword. Yes. For the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Friday, 2124, Siegel Is that right? I think right? that's as close Siegel as we're going to get. Uh, Luke's uh, PT Cruising. He's uh, decided to wage a war on the misuse of the word literally. Um, Worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. It's an annoying. Uh, turn of phrase uh somehow we get on amelia bedelia porn i because she takes everything literally too literally and, she's a concrete thinker right yeah. and uh <laughs> and the war that luke is waging is in th is three things number one child hunger number two cancer number three people misusing the word literally mm -hmm. that's yeah. his list no, I Google image searched Amelia Bedelia and I didn't get anything creepy. Yeah, Andrew, I don't know what so search engine he's on, but I want to get I on board. I wonder what's in his history. What does Google know about him that it's showing him more relevant results first? Yeah. Um, so Luke's doing the roadie festival, which it took me a long time to realize it was about rhododendrons. I think I so only knew that because rhododendrons are su such a big thing in the Northwest. Uh, I just figured, yeah, rhododendron, but it was funny to hear them. <laughs> they went, I mean, they ba barely talked about this, this, uh, festival. They just talked about roadies, uh, Terry, Terry, the roadie specifically, who now has a critically acclaimed album of 22nd soundcheck. My, my favorite songs. line from Luke for the week was just live your best Terry. If your name is Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Own it. And there's a lot of seagull audio speckle, which I thought was great because finally here's a background sound we can hear. Right. And he went to battle with them. Yes, because they were either having sex or fighting. <laughs> so he had to Why go break that up. Heck, probably was. Um, and then we learned that Luke's really afraid of uh, janky roller coaster rides. Yeah. I don't blame him. <laughs> no, me neither. As a kid, I loved going to the Webster Fireman's Carnival. And as I've gotten older, that's exactly the thought I have is... When they round up the local unemployed to set these things up on short notice <laughs> <laughs> and pay them cash for the breakdown at the end. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to get some some fried dough and just watch. But at least we got a physics lesson. So we learned the difference between centrifugal force and centripetal force. Did they nail yeah. it, scientist? Yes, they did. Excellent. They did. I think we also <laughs> learned the difference between uh, small town 
person and city person. And that is Carrie grew up in Cedar Woolley. So when this carnival would show up, this is like fantastic. Luke had access to like, you know, the, the big amusement park that's in Seattle. So when he sees those things and who's working there, it's, it's significantly a step down and you, you get a little bit nervous. And I I say that coming from Luke's background is Mm -hmm. I'm just not too sure about these guys out here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're up on the safety regulations. Right. (laughs) So yeah, they are a little bit scary. Um, our top story is Kanye West on Ellen. Um, Andrew kind of wants us to leave Kanye alone, like leave Britney alone. But he also thinks Kanye is losing his self-awareness, which <laughs> it did sound like things were uh, really deteriorating throughout that interview. Uh, losing self-awareness? Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that indicates Andrew thinks he had some to yeah. begin with. He does make that point. I, I don't know if I agree with him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Kanye makes a few good points, but then he starts to kind of go off the rails about making the world better by selling cheap shoes at Payless. Yep. He should hook up with Tom's. They should definitely yeah. make some Kanye West Tom's. They're already selling cheap shoes at Payless. Newsflash. <laughs> right. They're not selling expensive shoes at Payless. Right. That's why it's called Payless. He brags about having a PhD. Um, so Kanye West started a degree at Engl- in English at Chicago State University, where his mother was the chair of the department, but he never finished his degree. How many PhDs so, does Bill Cosby have? I mean... I think zero now. Oh, right. They've all been taken <laughs> <laughs> At least they weren't imaginary. They existed at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you so, fuck that up, by the way? I'm just saying, when you have that level of hookup in an English department, how hard is it to get an English degree? Right. Right. I think he just dropped out. Well, and that's a big theme in his early, early albums were all titled, you know, college dropout and graduation. And so he obviously has a chip on his shoulder about that, understandably, given his, who his mother was. Um, And, but he just never finished it. So now he's very proud of his fake PhD. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the original thing about $50 million, that request to Mark Zuckerberg, I thought that was about his debt. Well, yeah, apparently he had no money. Yeah. It wasn't to help kids. I think he's saying that if you got him out of this jam, he'd spend his time <laughs> helping the kids. Yeah. 50 yeah, million right. could really get me out of a couple jams. <laughs> a couple jams. Yeah. I have oh, no Kanye. Kanye commentary. I'm a casual fan of Kanye's earlier music. And as it's gone on, I find it less and less useful or applicable in my life. So Yeah, I've been, I, I like the early stuff too, but I'm finding this less accessible <clears throat> yeah. as albums go on. And I haven't even bought Life of Pablo. So. t that might be the end of me and <laughs> right, right. Sorry, that's the end of me and Kanye. Um, on to voicemails. We get a really great voicemail from Stu from the internet. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just every time he calls it, it kills me. I know, and uh, saying that you know, since Andrew's filling in on uh, Snake and Turbo's drive time gab and chat, that the newsletter's probably not going to be on time. Um, which was it on time? I don't think nope. I even got Andrew yeah. tells us it's not coming out today. So we should await for that on Monday. Yep. Um, and then he lets us know that he's gotten, uh, swindled into doing dad dance at Piper's dance studio. Mm-hmm. And he's either going to do, have to do the Tootsie roll or the stanky leg. And this <laughs> led me down a really fun oh, no. YouTube rabbit hole. Cause I did not know what the stanky leg was. Well, Amelia Bedelia does. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs> oh, is that what the drawing was? Yes. <laughs> Not that dirty. So 
I went and I found this video because the first time I ever heard of the stanky leg was in the whip and Nene song. And I thought that's kind of where it started or it was referencing something else, but there's a video by this group called the G spot boys. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Aiden. And they made this really awesome instructional dance video. I like a band that's to- named aspirationally. I wouldn't apologize to Aiden. If he can get a leg up on finding it, that's going to be a really big sure. plus for him. Sure. Sure. Well, he should check in with these boys with a Z. Um, <laughs> because th- this video is worth Why watching. It includes is, as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of trampoline basketballing in this video and like 10 year old cheerleaders doing this dance. And the dance is just like you stick your leg out and move it around in a circle. So that's about all there is to that. Mm. Um, but, but then uh, Stu also wants to know what the most embarrassing thing Luke has done for his daughter. And the only thing he can come up with is that he had to wear an unfashionable shirt and name tag as a camps counselor when he was 26. The most embarrassing thing he had to do was tell his baby mama's parents that he'd gotten her pregnant. That probably yeah. nothing will ever even a- approach that. Yeah. Right. Uh, a note on camp counselors. Luke says he's 26 and he has this cabin full of 13 year old farting boys and that uh, 26 is how old camp counselors are. I would say that's no. on the old end for no, camp yeah, counselors. Yeah, I think they're 18. When I was a Boy Scout camp counselor, I had way too much responsibility at 16 the last mm-hmm. year that I did it. Uh, and if they could hold on to people after their 18th birthday, they were lucky. Yeah. yeah. I think 26-year-old, probably 74% chance that's a sexual predator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's too old to be a camp counselor. Maybe that's where it became embarrassing. Yes. Guys, I have where it should- one honest question from the Stubots. Um, voicemail. I don't know how the thing started with Piper and Luke. I can't remember. Can you guys tell me that? I th- I honestly can't remember either, but I think it had something to do with them needing Stu to update something on the website or fix something, and he wasn't immediately available because he was he was chauffeuring oh, yeah. Piper somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I think. And you're it's right. generally been about time. Uh, and his availability based on Piper's gotcha. schedule first. Okay. I just, I was killing me that if I'd miss something now, you know, this is why we need a searchable archive yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. How dare he put his daughter's wants and needs ahead of his job. Yeah. Or on that, you know, not even his job, but just Luke and Andrew's whims. He's a good dad and, and Glenn's a good stepdad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is that all for Friday? Because we've got some music. I just want to mention the Burbank family co-hosts. Luke mentions mm. that he wants to take a week off, and Andrew jokes that he should just have a different member of Luke's family on to co-host every day. And I, I don't think that. that's a joke. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Take a day with Carrie. You take a day with Addie. Take a day with David. Uh, I don't know if you could get Susie to sit down for an hour straight, but I'd take it <laughs> if he could. <laughs> just co-host it from Costco. <laughs> just push the cart around <laughs> shop with her sure just mm-hmm. a whole episode of woohoo deals no she'll be she'll be giving out samples all right there. even better pierogi time <laughs> so we win. i would definitely that would be a, a sweeps week of tbtl no doubt about it i can't wait all right, moving on to music for your weekend. We've got Luke's suggestion, which is Rakim's song, It's Been a Long Time, off the album The 18th Letter. Um, Andrew brings us Kellis' song, Trick Me. Um, they post a post-scripted like, parental advisory. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Were you expecting any less from a Kellis song now? Well, yeah. no. <laughs> 
Uh, it sounds like in between these two, they they bored the seagulls away. So that was good. Uh, and then listener Becca brings us a goodnight Texas song, a bank robber's nursery rhyme, which I assume this will be lulling you to sleep now every night, Mike, right? I'm sorry. I was nodding. What? <laughs> it's so soothing. Yeah. Uh, that's our week. So I'll take on some housekeeping, guys. Uh, reminder about archiving. Christy is on the hunt for people to archive the current shows as they are happening. Do something you're already doing, which is listen to TBTL. Take some notes while you're doing it, and you'll become a gold star archivist. Email littlebybandwagon at gmail.com or shoot Christy a message if you'd like to join us for that. Also, if you're a superstar archivist and you're looking for an extra challenge uh, and you haven't already talked to Christy, I know she's very carefully uh, – dosing out the radio days to people. And it's a little more complicated getting to those files. But uh, if you're looking for an extra challenge, talk to her about it. She didn't clear me saying that part, but, you know, try because she could use the help. Meredith, have you done any of the radio weeks? No, I haven't. Have you gone back? I mean, during the course of us doing this show, have you gone back and seen how shitty it is to? Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) It really sucks. But we'll, we'll get you through it. But there are a lot of uh, gems in those days. I think the people who go back and listen to those always really enjoy it and always come back Mm -hmm. with lots of notes. And that's not just Phyllis. Phyllis. In in this big chat we're in, you know, because she's back in the radio days now. And like a couple times a day, she'll just be exclaiming about the origin of something, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to our last show, you should go check out that one that Anne and Christy did about the origins of a lot of these TBTL. Oh, my God. has done so well. What a well-produced show. Um, Anne yes. really blew, knocked another part. I think it's funny that Anne thought that when Christy came back, we were going to let her stop hosting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she clearly didn't catch the arc about how any of the rest of us ended up on the show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, and really, yeah, she stitched all that together really well. And I'm so glad that Christy yep. was the one co-hosting. No offense to either of you or to myself, but um, Christy's got so much of that early, early days down yes. that that's really mm-hmm. her wheelhouse. And uh, Go back and listen to Friday if you haven't already. That's a really good point. Come to the live show if you can. I'd love to see you. The little red carpool that's going to be coming up from the La Quinta Inn by the airport to the show and back that I'm leading is mostly full at this point. But if we like you and you don't smell, maybe you can sit on someone's lap. So shoot me a message if you need any advice about getting a cheap car rental or hotel. Um, or if you're cold, he'll just fold you up and throw you yeah, in Yeah, pretty much. We'll take care of you. Uh, and if your family won't take you back after that, uh, burgers. <laughs> uh, wow. You went there again. I can't believe it. I say a lot of messed up stuff, Bobby, but... Uh, Anyone want to tell us how we can get involved? And my name's on it, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> Meredith, please take it. <laughs> you can visit us on the web at littleredbandwagon.com, at our Facebook page or on the Stens page. You can no follow us. On- posts. No more cat posts. No more cat Just posts? Just because they talked about cats. Just because Theo got lost. That doesn't Put it on CBTL Extra. That's what Extra's <laughs> right, for, guys. Right. I don't, Keep it relevant. I don't dislike you if I... Uh, Delete your cat post. I just think there are other places on the internet to post cat. Like your your own to be page. Clear, uh, you don't necessarily dislike them because of the cat post. I don't want you to rule out disliking people. Oh, you might no, dislike yeah. them, but it's unrelated to the cat post. Everyone knows I I hate cats, right. and now they all know I hate people. Thanks to you. Thanks, Bob. Yep. 
All right. Well, and then you can follow us on Twitter. Christy's at Kissy Eyes. I'm at Meredith underscore Mayhan, but just be my Facebook friend because I'm never on Twitter. Uh, Mike's at Drew McFrizz. Bobby's RL Pape. And producer Jeremy is at Dadstronaut. And Anne has friends on Facebook, not on Twitter. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Shoot us a voicemail, a text, a jingle at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And you should go listen to The Last Nerd Out Loud, which I can't say anything about because I haven't heard it yet. I know that Jeremy and Christy are working on some format changes. Jeremy's putting himself into it really uh, effortfully, and I'm looking forward to the results. And this is when we find out who's Christy. (laughs) I'm doing it. Until next time. This is the next party. We all love you, Jen. Nailed it. Hey guys, producer Jeremy here. I was following along with this whole ashtray situation in the Stens page, and uh, through a post somebody made, I came across a Facebook page that had over 750 likes, by the way dedicated to just ashtrays and ashtray collecting. Now, as a white guy with no discernible hobbies of my own outside of my government-mandated podcast, uh, I have no choice but to kind of appropriate everybody else's weird hobbies. So uh, I actually have an entire podcast dedicated to the stuff that people nerd out about with Christy. It's called Nerd Out Loud. I think she... If reminded on the show, she every once in a while uh, plugs it on Little Red Bandwagon. But um, this whole ashtray thing was kind of right down our alley for the type of stuff that we like to talk about on the show. So I actually reached out to the page before I ever knew Andrew was going to. uh, I reached out to them and ended up setting up an interview. And I chatted with the guy that runs this page for maybe 30 or 45 minutes. So uh, the whole issue of Andrew's ashtray did come up. So I thought that I would grab that and stick it on the end of LRB for you. So, uh, here it is. So, uh, yeah, I, I had messaged you guys. Um, I think actually maybe somebody else messaged you cause they stumbled across an, an ashtray that they were looking for that they had broken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think of his name, but yeah, I just talked to him. I believe it was yesterday. A- Andrew, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was. We were curious as to how you found us. We were actually talking about that <laughs> before you called. And uh, she's like, how did he find us? And I was like, you know, I really don't know. And I, I didn't even make the correlation between between you and, and Andrew because Andrew said that he, you know, one of his friends had found our picture on one of the collector sites. Yep. So, um, you know, when Andrew contacted me the other day, I really felt sorry for the guy because, you know, I know what set he's talking about. And we, you know, and my wife, Kelly, picked it up and you know, she really liked it. And I mean, we paid quite a bit of money for it. And, you know, he's like, well, how much would it cost for me to get it off you? And I was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, what would you be willing to offer? We don't really sell, but you know, I guess there's always a price for something. And, um, (laughs) you know, he made an offer, which was, you know, substantially lower than what we had paid for it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I just really can't, you know, I'd love to help you out. I, I really felt for the guy, but yeah. 
I apologize. We couldn't help him. I, I was, I told, although I did tell him um, <laughs> next month we're going on a, a little trek up north, um, and I would definitely keep an eye out for him. And if I found him, I would contact him and let him know that, uh, you know, if we found one, I'd shoot him a price and say, you know, is this something you'd will be willing to pay? And if he does, I told him I'd pick it up for him and ship it to him. Well, there you have it. Uh, if you'd like to hear more, uh, spoiler alert, dude and his wife have over 4,000 ashtrays in their home. <laughs> if you'd like to hear about their personal favorites, uh, some tips and tricks if you would like to become an ash hound yourself. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they call themselves ash hounds. Ash hounds. I feel like I could get myself into trouble if I don't enunciate that right. Anyway, you can find the full length, the uncut interview <laughs> over at nerdoutloudpod.com or just type in Nerd Out Loud into your podcast listening device and you'll find us. It's a little green logo with some glasses. It says Nerd Out Loud. Pretty easy to find. That's us, me and Christy. We put out a show every week. We talk about the stuff that we're nerding out about. We interview people from time to time. It's uh it's a good time. So if you want to get more Christy in your life, that's a good way to do it. Nerdoutloudpod.com. Thanks, guys. Forget it, Peru. This is Polynesian town.